The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, joining me now is uh, Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in uh, Dublin, uh, a balmy evening in Sydney. But we're going to talk about the heat wave and the science of body overheating, Luke. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. Yeah, that's the big topic, isn't it, all over Europe, these huge temperatures and how dangerous is the heat, I guess, to our physiology. And yeah. there's lots now, of science. People will say, look, the, the, it's the dangerous sunburn and maybe ultimately 20 years down the road you might get cancer. But that's not the kind of thing we're talking about. No, no, it's not. No, you can get heat exhaustion. They're all familiar with this to some extent. And you just get overheated, basically. Your body gets too hot, you know, and there's various symptoms, a bit of confusion, a bit of dizziness, you know, lightheadedness would be a feature and dehydration. But the trouble is it can turn into heat stroke and that's much more serious now. And that's when your body temperature goes up to 40 degrees. Now, now your normal body temperature, as you know, is 37. If that goes to 40, you're in trouble now because that's far too hot for all your organs and your brain and damage then begins. And it's quite, it's a medical emergency, actually, if your body temperature hits 40. So, and again, it'll happen in these really hot temperatures that we're seeing all over Europe. There's more and more incidences of heat stroke happening. So something to watch for. So what happens in the body then? Uh, you, you say once you get beyond, I mean, a degree uh, above your normal temperature is fine. That's fine. But yeah. we know when a child gets a fever and their temperature soars, we have to do something about it. We do. So what happens in the human body when this, you know, clinically what's happening? Yeah, fever is different. Of course, fever is caused by an infection usually. And then you can give, you know, antipyretics to call to bring the body temperature down. This is very different. This is just your body overheating because the external heat. So the hypothalamus is the part of the brain that the the t- change in temperature, that begins to send out signals to get blood up to your skin. And there you start to cool down. You start to sweat profusely, of course. And that's a normal response. Yeah. And the sweat cools our body down. The trouble is, if the outside sweat air... sweat evaporates. And evaporates. in that yeah. process of evaporating, it needs heat. So it actually takes the heat from your body and cools you down. Pre- precisely. Yeah. So it's evolved to do that, I guess. You know, the trouble is, if the outside air temperature is higher than your body temperature, then you get no benefit from sweating at all, you see. And you don't get any heat dissipation. It's so, so much more harder then. And now the body temperature begins to climb, you see, and things get worse and worse. So that's the key thing to watch. If you're outdoors and it's 40 degrees, as it is in certain parts of Europe now, that's something to be very careful in because your body fights very hard against that increased temperature outside. Yeah. Now, what can you do? I mean, when we talk about heat stroke, often people say it's to do with dehydration, that you simply don't have enough water. Often, I remember when I was in Jerusalem, I mentioned this before, we were told drink at least a litre of water every hour because you're losing, uh, you're losing water. And in fact, in that condition, I think it was evaporating so fast that you didn't yeah. even know you were sweating. Well, that's right, exactly. And, and if you are sweating and your temperature isn't going down, you're going to be absolutely dehydrating very quickly, you see. And keep drinking water is the first message. Dehydration is the big risk here, clearly. But it, it gets more serious, but your heart is under huge pressure. The heart is pumping, 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 trying to get blood up, up to your surface of your skin, yeah. you see. And it's under huge stress. The higher temperature makes the heart rate go up as well, by the way. So you have so, two things happening. Exactly. Yeah. Higher temperature makes it go fast accelerate and then on top of that it needs to do the cooling stuff as well so it's double acceleration and then meanwhile your muscles are under pressure as well because the the blood is now going to the surface of your skin there's less blood circulating in your muscles the muscles now begin to burn in a different way it's a bit like lactate begins to build up like you're exercising and now you get Mm -hmm. fatigue as well so and again it could be in this in this heat stroke situation it can be serious so all you can do in that situation is call an ambulance by the way if it gets really serious it's a medical emergency so 
so your other organs, uh, we mentioned the heart, but what about the other vital organs? Are they under pressure? They're too? all under pressure, exactly. Yes, precisely. Now, the thing is, the, 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 um, the heat exhaustion part is simpler. Just cool down, you know, go into the shade. Yeah. Drink plenty of fluids, basically. You know, within 30 minutes of the first symptoms emerging, you can cool your body down by your behavioural change. And that's the thing to do, basically. You know? And I go to where there's air conditioning, if possible, is the other thing. Of course, there isn't air conditioning in many places. So that's that's yeah. not an option, you know. So there's various things you can do to try to reverse this. Yeah, and that's the problem when the air temperature goes up too high, like in Death Valley in the USA or whatever, that even if you're in the shade, the temperatures. This is the problem. Really high. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, that's the tricky part, isn't it? You know. But I think the other thing is remember, our body is a wonderful thing. There's there's things called heat shock proteins. There, there's a great uh, biochemical thing. Your cells begin to make these special proteins to protect your cells in your body under these heat conditions. You see, and heat shock proteins are a big research area because they'll protect cells in different contexts. Now, you know? does that mean that uh, people who grow up in uh, hot countries? Uh, I mean, for example, if you're uh, playing soccer regularly in Saudi Arabia in the, the, the league with Ronaldo and Al Nasser and all, all those um, that you probably develop these proteins. You do, and as you might know, but if you go to a hot, if you're on vac- holidays, you do adapt a bit. You get used to the heat yeah. because your body is beginning to adapt and make these heat so shock that's proteins. What's happening. That's what's happening there, they think, precisely. Yeah. And what's very interesting, Pat, is we have different levels. We're all different genetic, genetically. You might have more heat shock proteins than me, right? Now, that would mean that with global warming, we may be selecting out people who have a better capacity to, to cope with the higher temperatures. The great phrase is survival of the coolest, they're calling this, because cause you can now you know, survive better in those hot conditions because genetically your, your genes are built. But it just shows how unfair it is for, um, say, teams from this part of the world uh, going off to Qatar or whatever, although we didn't make it to Qatar, but going off to places like that and having to play against teams yeah. which have already got these proteins well built up into their systems why, because of their own climate. That's why it's so tough, that precisely. And we all remember Italian 90. Remember, they were all overheating the players yeah. and there was lots of water given to them and all that. You're absolutely right. There's an advantage there. And of course, you could, you could train in high temperatures. Maybe that's one way to do this, to acclimatise for that, that way. Mm. Now, tell me about Wagga Wagga. Yeah, now this is a really interesting story, if I say so. Um, a guy called Wagga Wagga Meltdown Man. There's a phrase for you. About 30 years ago, there was a, 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 a race in Wagga Wagga in Australia. It was a very hot day. And one particular guy, Mark Doherty, he overheated massively by overexerting in that situation, right? His body temperature hit 43 degrees centigrade, massively high. And his muscles began to liquefy, they call this. His muscles began to break down. And that massively damaged his kidneys and it was horrible. That's the extreme. And he's used as a kind of an example of how bad it can get, basically, when, yeah. when you overheat. In this I mean, way, the, you know? the, they have a name for this condition even. You know, yeah. So it's not unique that to, to wagga wagga melt down That's man. right. It's rhabdomyolysis. There's a, a mouth that means your muscles are breaking down. Now, he went into a coma. He was sick for a long time and he came out of it eventually and he recovered a bit. You know, but I mentioned there was, there was um, permanent damage done to his body through this. And then he became an inspirational speaker. He's a good example of someone who went on the road to explain what happened to him and how he survived it, you know. But that's the most extreme case. Yeah, it, it took years for him to learn to walk, talk, did, yeah. and live somewhat independently again. Exactly, years, yeah, years. Because all his, he lost fifty percent of his body weight was lost in this process. The body went into massive overdrive because of that huge increase in body temperature. Mm. That's the salutary tale that we have. There. Now, who particularly is more at risk than who else? Yeah, o- older people are at risk because they're slightly more frail, obviously. And if their bodies are under pressure and their heart in particular, now they they could get into trouble. And babies. Babies have more trouble regulating their temperature anyway. They're the two you've got to watch out for. So they're the ones that are most at risk of the severe consequences. But everybody should be careful. I mean, the advice is if you're, if you're in 40 degrees heat, don't overexert. It's obvious in a way. Yeah. Try and cool down. 
get into the shade and make sure you're, you stay fully hydrated is the way to respond. But we need to keep, keep an eye on the older people. Mm. Very important. Now, now, obviously, we live in this moderate climate. We rarely have uh, temperatures much above 30 degrees. Um, and when we do, uh, we kind of celebrate that it's a, a gorgeous day. But there are parts of the world where these temperatures are much more normal, much more regular. How many people are estimated to die every year simply from the yeah. heat? Well, this is the, the, the sharp end of cl- cl- global warming, Pat. So they reckon half a million people died last year from the temperature being too hot in the climate, you know. And 61,000 Europeans are estimated to have died last summer because of this heat, you see. And obviously they might be frail already and have a heart condition, but this is accelerating then their demise, yeah. as it were. So it's a very serious thing in terms of uh, the health consequences of, of global warming, really. Now, there's uh, something else that comes with global warming, and that is the wildfires. And with wildfires comes air pollution and ash clouds and all the rest of it. Yeah, that's the second danger. So if it's really hot and you see more dust in the air, or there's more bushfires in Australia, for example, or anywhere really, that will damage people's lungs, remember, because you're inhaling more of these particulates. And people with asthma, respiratory diseases, they will fare worse in that situation as well. So that's not an unintended sort of a consequence, I guess, of global warming as well. Now, uh, public health agencies all over the place, in Italy, the United States, have been giving guidance to people. What yeah, are they saying? They have, yeah, but as we're just discussing, you know, stay hydrated, don't overexert. If you've got an outdoor job and it's really hot, try to take a day off or certainly try to limit your exertion is really important. Anybody shouldn't overexert in the yeah. heat, you know, it's really important. And, and you know, in Florida, I don't know whether you've been to Disney in Florida, but they have this mist that is sprayed all over people as they walk through the resort and it cools people down with yeah. that, you know, evaporation of the wet stuff means that you're, you're cooled down. But there is a danger if you decide to dive into cold water to cool there yourself is. down. What is that danger? And, and every year there's warnings about this, but you may see them. The RNLI warns about this. If you jump into cold water, that puts massive pressure on your body as well. Your heart rate changes massively, for instance. And again, if you have a heart condition, you're at risk of a heart attack if you jump into cold water from a warmer situation, you know. And then secondly, your, rest, your breathing goes up and you'll, you'll inhale water, you know, it'll gulp, you know, and there's a risk of drowning. So the warning is be very careful jumping into cold water on a hot day and that, that warning is always issued every summer. Yeah, and our seawaters generally don't get that warm uh, and if we get a a really warm air temperature and you're tempted to jump into the the cold sea... Um, it doesn't take much to drown a, a person. It, absolutely not. You can get yeah, The gasping is the risk. So you gasp and you take in water, goes into your lungs, and then you're at really a high risk of drowning. So be very careful in terms of jumping into really cold water on, on a warm day. Half a pint enough to drown. Half a you. pint. Is, it goes into your lungs and then you're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Um, well, th- we could be doing this story year in, year out, the way things are, are looking. Uh, Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.